2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to, on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. What is that called?
4: micro German Boom.
1: Yes. It's Mike Shope. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. And the Bulldog. Really? That's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. It's Mike Shope. The three words I would describe you as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. And the Bulldog. Oh, I like the sound of your voice. On WGR Sports Radio 550.
5: Championship weekend in the NFL. Bills left out once again. Rude of the league to
6: not invite them. Yes.
5: <laughs> year after year. We just can't even get an invite. Mike Show, and the Bulldog oh. here. Happy Friday. Pleased as always to be joined by Connor Rogers, NBC Sports SNY. Connor we, Bulldog was just um, reminding me about how two years ago you steered him to a bar in Manhattan. And uh, I'll just jump in here and say he is still raving about uh, that recommendation. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, I'd absolutely love to hear that, guys. I mean, listen, it must have been pretty good. It's uh, a one-star bar in Manhattan. If you need an actual real place to get a real cold beer that's walkable to Madison Square Garden, there is none better, uh, as Manhattan obviously prices itself out to the common folks like yeah. us, the blue-collar, hard-working folks like us. That gives me a ear-to-ear smile to hear that kind of stuck with you.
6: Yeah, well, as we were talking about, you know, the, the Bills, you know, continued hitting of their head on the playoff ceiling here. And, of course, two years ago was 13 seconds, you know, the week before. And I, you know, I had – so we told the story. He's like, where did you watch the, the the Chiefs and Bengals? I'm like on a train coming back from Manhattan. It's funny, like, that we are having you on – I would have been thinking about that anyway, uh, because that weekend was you know was this same weekend championship weekend. and um, yeah, I mean, tremendous suggestion. Uh, my favorite, I'll just share one little bit about it that I'm sure you appreciate. Um, this was my wife's idea, dive bar, right? So I put on Twitter that day, that Friday was that Friday, two years ago. I'm um, looking for a joint. And Mike comes with like some high-end Michelin-rated crap, whatever. Like, <laughs> and, craft, Gramercy Park, and there, and there, I'm like, no way. My wife wants, you know, she wants to put her elbows up on a, on a bar somewhere. And you mentioned this place. We walk there from our hotel, which is right across the street from the garden. Perfect. Food, I, like the draft list, and then at the bottom it says food cheese it's and pop tarts i'm like
3: <laughs> the- what a
6: place <laughs> i found my home 12 bucks
3: <laughs> right? 12 bucks each it's it's, a, it's so funny to hear that i remember one of the first times i walked in there i mean when i started going to ranger games when i moved back down down to the city after college and i walk in and you know, you're just looking for any place that'll give you like a pbr and a shot of whiskey for four bucks and uh, I walk in and it's it's dark in there. There's only one guy sitting there on a laptop, and he's sitting at the bar on his laptop having a beer. And I'm like, man, does no one work here. And I look at my <laughs> buddy, and the guy literally closes his laptop, jumps over the bar, and it's like, what can I get you guys? <laughs> like, this makes this makes a lot of sense. It's a uh, it's one of the there's not many like it left in Midtown Manhattan. I'll say that.
5: Very good. Well. The word draft has come up. I do want to ask you about, well, this year's draft coming up. The Bills (laughs) offseason is here, and we've been talking about that a little bit this week. You know how it is. It's sort of a back and forth between uh, one caller will be, like, next year, what needs to change, and everything, as far as the fans are concerned, Connor is on the table. I'm not sure if the Bills think of it that way. Uh, And then also, the next guy wants to go back to Sunday, and just, like, how did they lose? You know, what happened? How, How would you sort of... What was this Bill's season for you with the the opening night loss at the Jets, just pushing to the AFC East title, fourth straight, but then but then losing? Like, What would be your perspective on their season?
3: It was so weird, right? Because they came into the years they have the last two years as one of the top Super Bowl contenders, and that's justified not only because of who they have under center, but because of the roster they've built. And... Um, you know, obviously the, the, co- the coaching staff was viewed. I think that took a little bit of a hit this year, but coming into the year. And obviously that was a tough start to the year, that walk-off loss of the Jets. And then this, the first half of the season was all over the place, but there was some part of me that looked around in the second half and said, is this team getting hot at the right time? Because we've seen that happen in football when you have a superstar quarterback and you think the defense is, you know, it's, the coaching is good enough on the defensive side and it seemed like they started to unlock the version of James Cook that they always thought they were getting when they took him in the second round as much as Diggs was a little bit of a non-factor down the stretch it felt like other guys were stepping up where you looked around i mean there was a point guys before they even beat the dolphins to get into the playoffs i think they had the third or fourth highest super bowl odds and it wasn't even a guarantee mm-hmm. they were in the playoffs that's how highly thought of they were nationwide and uh, for good reason and i think It was so interesting listening to Josh Allen after that loss because he felt very stern against the idea of blow it up or make all these – he's like, we just need to find a way to get another point or two here. And I think that's going to be the theme of this offseason really is what do they have to do to outscore teams like the Chiefs and and get back to having that defense. But to sit there and go, we're going to shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Joe Burrows of the world, like that's not realistic. So it's one side of it for an outsider like me where I look at it and go – the Bills are just always going to be Super Bowl contenders because Josh Allen can simply win you any game. But I'm sure on the other side of that, for actual Bills fans and how, you know, you guys closely observe this team, it's also frustrating because you're sitting there and going, are we starting to waste the greatest opportunity <laughs> right. that we'll ever have and should we look at changing things? like the head coach, which I know isn't a conversation right now. But do we have to strive for more on the staff? And do we have to take better advantage of our free agent resources and draft resources at some point? So such a mixed bag for a team that there's no denying is always a threat and really, really good. But what is the true answer that gets them over the hump that has clearly bothered them now for the last couple of years?
6: Right. Connor, a a big piece this year was needing to go hard all the way to the wire. Right? Like, they've not been in a position to get the one seed yet, and this year at 6-6, and I mean, it was pretty much out the window. It's amazing they even got to the two. But the last two games before Sunday against KC – Took so much out of them. I mean, they got wrecked by injuries in the, in, in the Miami game, which they needed to win the division and get the two and they lost important guys there. And then in the Pittsburgh wildcard game, they also suffered even more injuries on top of that. I mean, they went into the Miami game. The, the narrative going into the Miami game to end the regular season was, look how, look at their injury report. They're healthy and Miami was a mess and a week and then two weeks later completely different story so the merits of getting the one and the rest like we always say it but man the benefit would have been enormous in a year like this where those last two weeks wrecked them
3: and Bulldog I think that's an incredible point because it's so true that you need to do everything you can to make your pathway easier because of the war of attrition that is the NFL and the Bills were the prime example of that going even further back to that having a veteran defense where we knew it was going to take a while for Vaughn to ramp up, and there's a lot of variables there where things just didn't go right for him this year and then a lot more to discuss with that. But losing Matt Milano, that's just an irreplaceable player on the defense and Trey White and all those things. But you're right. It felt like the second-line guys started to go down. The more games they had to play, the more, I mean, absolute wars they had to play. They weren't just in these games that meant nothing to the other side. It felt like the Bills were constantly on these high-stakes war. Wars for the last eight weeks of the season. So I do think that's really important. Why is this team that has a top three quarterback in football and and has weapons and showed they can run the ball in the second half of the year and is led by a defensive head coach? Why do they slump? I think is what I would ask. Why did they let games get away from them that they have no business? letting get away from them. So I I think that's a big, and some of it too is some guys didn't take the next step that they were supposed to take. I look at a guy that's a pending free agent like Gabe Davis, who you were always kind of hoping to become a legitimate number two across from Stephon Diggs and take over games. I mean, he's one of the most hot and cold wide receivers I've ever seen in the NFL. And I think they found some more consistency when Don Kincaid was healthy this year. And I think that'll really come to fruition next year as well. But that's another retooling aspect that they're going to have to look at this offseason and why this draft is so important to them.
5: With Connor Rogers here on WGR, Mike Schopen, and the Bulldog, well, wide receiver and the draft, it sounds to me like it's a good year to be ready to invest in one in the first round, if the Bills are. Even, Connor, you'll, you'll tell me if you think I'm wrong here, when you're drafting late. Because like as promising as recent draft classes have seemed – Four receivers with you know varying results. It seems like maybe this year is uh, even better. Is that right?
3: Yeah, it's amazing. This group is off the charts. I mean, I did a top seventy-five. That's as far as I've gone, big board-wise for NBC. And fourteen of the seventy-five players play wide receiver. That's just, I mean, that's out of this world when you think of the percentage. And and it's not just the depth. The depth is great, but. A lot of these guys are first-round caliber players, and obviously the highlight guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors that are going to go in the top 10 to 12 picks aren't really on the minds of Bills fans, barring a miraculous straight up but it doesn't even matter because after that there's this group of players that are game changers brian thomas jr an excellent vertical threat with size coming out of lsu i mean he could fall to them he probably goes a little earlier than them but even if so troy franklin from oregon is one of the faster wide receivers i've evaluated over the last couple years and then devontez walker who i'm going to see at the senior bowl in mobile alabama this week When he came back from his eligibility issues, which weren't character-related, it was just the NCAA being the NCAA, when he came back to the second half of the season for North Carolina, him and Drake May, they just tore it up. Walker just, he chews up so much turf with his strides. I think he's really polished underneath. He's got good hands. He's got good size. He's the guy you're probably going to see most consistently put in mock drafts to the Buffalo Bills because that fit makes so much sense where he can win down the field like Dave Davis was, but I think there's more polish in the rest of his game as well. So I would almost be shocked if the Bills don't capitalize on the uh, star talent of a wide receiver class where they might get a guy at the back end of round one at the position that in normal years goes in the top 20 to 15 picks.
6: How do you feel about Keon Coleman? That, that's been my guy all year. Just dumb luck. I just happen to see Florida State multiple times, and he really stood out. But there seems to be some criticism about his all-around toolbox. Um, What what do you have on him, if anything,
3: at this point? The variance is just wild, right? He's the guy that when I came into the process, I was like, and I'm just like you guys, turning on the games on Saturday, and then when I get to the tape of the groups, I get to the tape. And when you just watch the games on Saturday, I'm like, this is a top-ten player. I mean, he could jump over anybody. He came to Michigan State initially, to to play basketball. I mean, to think about that, to play basketball at a program like Michigan State. That's the kind of athlete we're talking about here and he transfers to Florida State and ends up being their number 1 wide receiver. But then you get into the tape and the variance is just unlike any of the other guys where there's, you know, quarters or halves where He's a total non-factor because his route running needs work. His concentration isn't great. He's not running away consistently from people. He's constantly trying to make the play above the rim over people. Mm -hmm. And then he'll have the greatest play in college football that week in the third quarter where he makes a one-handed catch in the end zone that really nobody besides Marvin Harrison Jr. in this class can make. So that, and I look at the bills and I wonder, okay, that's exciting because you think the Josh Allen, the Lamar Jackson's of the world, the guys that improvise and can run around and extend they don't need their wide receivers to run away from corners within the first three to five seconds of the play. They can get the most out of those guys. But then I also look at the Bills and go, do they have some scar tissue of the Gabe Davis experience where they want somebody that's a little bit more polished and clean and the variance isn't 90-yard touchdown or we forget he's on the field for three <laughs> games in a row. I, so Keon Coleman, he, he's the biggest boomer bust skill guy in the entire draft. I mean, he could be a true number one wide receiver that gives you 1,000 yards like Mike Evans, For the next eight years, but there's this weird side of me, guys, that has a fear factor of why I can't put him in my top five wide receivers because of the inconsistency.
5: Interesting. Um, Boomer bust draft ideas. I just they're flooding to memory to my memory right now. Just like thinking, Darnell Washington. We had a Darnell Washington like weekend last year after the combine (laughs) oh first round let's go this has got look at him just look at (laughs) him you know uh pickens was a little bit like i guess the steelers have a a taste for boom bust uh, players i guess hey connor the only still the only first round wide receiver or even first three rounds bulldog wide receiver Allen has had is kelvin benjamin i mean pretty good pretty good stat if it's right that is (laughs)
3: <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely crazy when you think about it. Yeah,
5: it's first round at least. First round at least. Um,
3: well, it's going to change this year, I think. I think yeah. that will finally flip this year. We'll see, though. You never know. Yeah, we'll you never see. Know.
6: What do you think about this weekend?
3: Man, I, I feel this is very dumb to say because the spread just keeps climbing, but it is for a reason. I think the Niners simply take care of business against Detroit in a way that. Uh, They kind of remind everybody who they are. When you look at the Lions' shortcomings in their secondary, it's really impressive that they've made it this far. They're a good team. They're maybe the best story in all of football, but they have so much shortcomings in that back end of the defense. You're wondering when is that bomb going to kind of tick? A passing game as good as Kyle Shanahan takes advantage of that. Brock Purdy looked – really bad last week, and he just doesn't play well in weather, and there's not going to be those conditions or anything close to those conditions this week. So I like the Niners to win and win comfortably. While the other game, I know some big injury news just came out on the Chiefs where Joe Dooney's not going to play. That's a huge loss on their offensive line. They're probably going to end up being underdogs by four and a half to five points by the time this kicks off. I just won't bet against Mahomes anymore, guys. I just won't do it. (laughs) There's no reason to. It's bad money if you just consistently do that, and I look at Baltimore, and they're awesome. And Lamar Jackson, if he plays as well as he has the last couple weeks, there's no football team on earth that could beat them because of how good their defense they have. And the MVP is under center, the two-time or will be two-time MVP. But at the end of the day, I don't see the Chiefs losing by more than a field goal in that game. And it feels like the classic, who is going to time this up and have the ball last? Because that team will win.
6: Yeah, I arrived today – at a decision that I don't want Lamar... Jackson and the Ravens, but it's mostly about the quarterbacks. Lamar to do what Burrow's already done, which is take Mahomes down in the playoffs, and have Allen be like yeah. the odd man out over here. Still, still can't do it. Like I just feel like we're already psyched out about it after Sunday, and I just think it will only get amplified if Jackson does it. So, like as much as we're all sick of the Chiefs, I, I think I'd, I'd like to see the Chiefs still look like they're infallible until the Bills can beat them rather than have one of these other quarterbacks, you know, same draft class even, uh, like Lamar, do it.
3: Right, and and I would uh, totally understand that feeling because then you start to look around and and some of the, the, I mean, God, the stories, the talking points around Josh Allen are exhausting as it is in the national media, and I'm, you know, able to ignore a lot of it for the most part because a lot of it's nonsense and can't really equate that things aren't all his fault all the time. I think that that would only kind of uh, boost those, but at the end of the day, I'll say this, guys. If this Baltimore team can't do it, this Chiefs team, I mean, this is the weakest Chiefs team we've seen in a while. They have their holes. Uh, They they have really underperformed offensively this year. I I just don't know who can at this point. I I mean, this is the most adversity they've faced in a while. Everything is clicking right for Baltimore. They're healthy on defense. Once again, they have an, an MVP quarterback under center with a two great play callers. Mike McDonald on the defensive side should be a head coach soon. I've always thought Todd Munkin on the offensive side, he was calling it for those championship Georgia teams. Now he's calling it for the potential Super Bowl team with the Ravens. He's an overlooked play caller in this league and all across football. I just, if Baltimore can't get it done now, you have to ask yourself who is going to take down the Chiefs in the AFC anytime soon.
6: What stands out to you through the coaching cycle so far? That Belichick didn't get the Atlanta job? Like, how shocking is that to you? And is there anything else that you, you know, anyone else do you think has really nailed it here?
3: It's really shocking to me for the fact that I thought the owners uh, outside looking in wouldn't see what we've all seen, especially us three talking right now. I mean, we've seen New England the last couple of years just go to from, you know, a powerhouse that tortured us for, what, 20 years, to a what barely resembles a football team, honestly. It, the it, Personnel decision-making and even the coaching staff decision-making under Belichick has been dreadful, and it turn, it's going to be a long road for them to turn that thing around because of decisions he made, and I'm just shocked that the teams that needed head coaches also saw that. I thought there would be – I'm not saying it would have been a complete failure if he went to Atlanta. It probably would have had some success because – That's a tailor-made roster for him to go coach and not have to tweak if they get quarterback right. But at the end of the day, I think it's forward thinking. I think the game, you know, I say the game has passed him by, but the evolution of rosters and what kind of players are really working in this league right now, that part has seemed to really pass him by. And I don't know if he's a guy that wants to concede power to anybody else on both sides. He's not just going to coach. He wants the, it sounds like he wants roster control. Now, uh, the good news is I think there's been, um a lot of common sense in this coaching cycle i mean what does antonio pierce have to do to get that job for the raiders The the turnaround that team had the support he had in the locker room now him hiring a staff will be the most difficult part but at the end of the day i thought there was some common sense there i thought even the panthers yesterday hiring dave Canales, a little bit of an underdog in this coaching cycle but staple a creative play caller to a young struggling quarterback and bryce young and i think Washington will ultimately do the same down the road when I think they hire Ben Johnston and then draft a quarterback second overall so I think it's good to see some common sense in this coaching cycle and things kind of align the right way uh, for the long term a lot of these franchises
5: yeah, I like that point I think about like what Belichick is like in an interview you know I mean I I, I don't take his press conference demeanor to to be like just how he always is. But yep. you know, some of, what would the questions in a, a head coach job interview be like? You know, sort of. He's <laughs>
0: right.
5: it, like, don't you? You might want to say, don't you know who I am? Right. Fifteen times.
6: Just, like, does Arthur Blank ask him four
5: three or three four? Right. Just like, <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> how how could he not be insulted by a team's job interview? I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it wouldn't shock you if Belichick just was not great at the interview,
3: especially Did he after the interview. You right? Like, what do you ask him? It feels like he interviews you. Yeah. At that right. Point. Right all right oh, very, yeah very odd situation for sure and, and obviously didn't clearly didn't go too well it seems like yeah i guess
5: thank you connor hope we can talk again sometime closer to the draft
3: oh absolutely guys always great catching up yep. with you listen enjoy the weekend and thanks for having me
6: yeah man you get into town to visit your buddies out at 42 north make sure i find out about it because i'll i'll make a i'll make a date of it
5: all right connor rogers uh, i think um he didn't want to have to agree to that. Commit to that? No.
6: Yeah, I, 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 I was too pushy. You know, like I wanted. This guy asking I wanted, me out. I wanted it too much.
5: Is he asking me out? Like yeah.
6: just, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. That's kind of what happened there. Eight oh three oh five
5: fifty. We'll look for your calls. We're talking about uh, again, wrapping up this week here. What happened? Where do we go from here? C- trying to decide if the bills have deserved a better uh, result over the last four years say if you if you prefer uh, than they've gotten I mean all the winning they certainly have been a top team in the league but obviously haven't haven't won uh, anyway just one angle we've uh, been talking about here lines are open for you Mike Schopen, the Bulldog happy Friday this is WGR
3: he desperately wanted to go through a table it was on his checklist for the day he did not get a chance to do that. And so when he came into the suite, we arrived separately because he was meeting up with some friends and walking through the parking lot, I think hoping to find himself a table. He was unsuccessful. And so when he got into the suite, he said to me, I'm going to take my shirt off and I'm going to jump out. And I was like, I don't think that's the best idea. I think that it was that continued energy from when he was hyping himself up to break a table.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
5: Jason, Kelsey's wife, with a thorough breakdown. Uh, What is her name?
6: Kylie? Yep. We arrived separately because he was with friends. Eric Wood, yes, right? Didn't Eric say that they were at uh, Big Tree? Yes, performing? yes. Yeah. Not that he couldn't have been with other friends, but this know. clip is from
5: Good Morning America,
6: by the way. This show covers it all.
5: Digging deep <laughs> right? on um, the, America's controversy: what right. happened with Jason Kelsey? What's going
6: on in there? We couldn't find a clip of Granato talking about how they got to learn how to dig in. <laughs>
5: Those Sorry. were all mysteriously Sorry. deleted, purged, you, you <laughs> might say, from the system.
6: We're learning.
5: Good Morning America is interviewing Jason Kelsey's wife. Oh, my God.
6: Taylor Swift.
5: I mean, it's not the 80s or anything, but i not taking it too seriously. It's just, used to watch that show growing up, like before school. Yeah. David Hartman. Remember David
6: Hartman? Sure. You do? Yeah, I do. I do. They I didn't, talk
5: about like wars in other countries
6: and stuff. I didn't watch the, I didn't watch TV much at all in the mornings. I mostly spent mornings before the bus listening to music and headphones in my bedroom. And then oh, yeah? like waiting until the last minute, like I'd, I'd go get some oatmeal in the kitchen, go back in my room, headphones on. Uh, okay, time to go.
5: This is my son and it annoys me. Oh, yeah. He kind of doesn't come out of his room. Mm. Like, I just—I'm I'm such a cliche, but you yeah. got to eat, brush your teeth, all this stuff. I'm yeah. just always saying it. Yeah. But he's—he's he's in his room. Yeah.
6: I would have my—I don't know if it annoyed anyone in my house. I it's hard for me to mm. say at this point. It's been too long. I mean, I—I I leave for work at one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm
5: getting up. Because you you might need something you might it's nice to see you so we can sort of talk a little bit you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, obviously I'm the dad in that equation I'm the one who wants who
6: wants that wants that engagement yeah, yeah. <laughs> right.
5: my routine yeah. was microwave a, a frozen burrito that was the breakfast food I think of uh-huh. right. and TV would be on and yeah like a show like the Today Show or Good Morning America would talk about like wars the economy. Issues, right? Mm -hmm. They talk about, they'd have experts on to talk about issues. I don't remember if they ever had like the wife of a player who was not even in a game, but he went into the crowd without his shirt on. Like, Was that a story that would have been pursued?
6: Yeah, the news business has changed ben. quite a lot, I think. I <laughs> just the news business. Just is the that even the just news business. Yeah. Is that even Every, the news ev- business? different now. Is that even the news business? Everything is more like entertainment tonight now. Oh my God, of
5: course. Except our show. We are very nuts and bolts.
6: Oh, yeah.
5: Quinton is next. Hello, Quinton. <clears throat>
4: Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead, man. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just kind of wanted to—I've been listening like all day. The sense to be lost last last week, um, and I kind of wanted to express why I think we should keep McDermott. Um, I think it's crazy that they, they should get rid of him as a coach based on everything he's done for the team. Go ahead. Oh, so like um, just the past uh we won that six-game winning streak. Um, and if you look at, like, even the shortcomings, kind of like um, the, the, uh, the segment right before this, they were talking about how, like, sometimes it's just about attrition, which that's, that's what I think this really is. Um, when you're down to, like, your fourth and fifth linebacker and you're asking A.J. Klein to chase, like, what could possibly be the greatest tight end in NFL history around the field? It's just, it, there's only so much you can do. But I don't know how many more teams are going on a six-game winning streak when they actually have to. And it was, it was improbable. But with McDermott, you can kind of see how, it could happen, and it did. So, like, things like that. And, um, there's a lot of moving parts, but I just think be- before we talk about that, getting rid of McDermott, we have to solidify who the OC is going to be and get some talent on the offensive side of the ball with some receivers. And if it doesn't pan out then, then have that conversation. Okay. Thank you.
6: Appreciate that. I, I would say this about, like, A.J. Klein. Um, I-, I think you 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 could – have pivoted to Dorian Williams earlier in that game than than he chose to or they chose to, um, and I, I I think like I, I'm 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 generally with the I'm with the call. The hardest thing to do is just sort of keep your head down and stay on task. I, I don't really subscribe to he's so he's so there's some flaw there's some fundamental flaw he just can't do it. I mean it's sports and maybe that'll be right and and I know I reached a breaking point in November with the Eagles game where I was ready to I was ready to move cuz I just I feel like this is repeating itself uh, but like you know I got I came back inside and he, they won a bunch of games in a row and I kind of like them going in here um to the playoffs. I thought they were live. I really did. And I think they were. I mean they just they lost to maybe an all-time great team and an all-time great quarterback and coach. Uh again uh, so it's it's hard to just stay patient with that, but you could have pivoted so the the Klein thing. You could see it all week coming. Like, oh my God, if he has to cover Kelsey, we're in real trouble. And the game starts, and you're in real trouble. And Dorian Williams is a rookie, and maybe is going to make a mistake, but he also is much more the athlete than Klein is right now. And you know, so you're you're weighing so it. You know, you you might have to reach to do it, but I I would listen to a criticism as much as I generally, I think, defend McDermott against, you know, what's happening with some of the fan base now. I think he he feels comfort. AJ Klein knows that he knows the terminology. Uh, He's a veteran. He's not going to make a mistake. Okay. He's going to get beat badly, probably, because athletically he just can't compete right now. And that's tough. Uh, I I think maybe, you know, McDermott's preference there did hurt them. I don't know if it's a different game with, with a more athletic guy in that spot. But they had one that he chose not to use. It sounds a little bit like you might
5: be able to say some of this about how Elam went. You know, just trying to avoid mistakes. That sort of generalization is kind of what the offense criticism is. You know, that's why you got to where you got after Philadelphia is you're playing not to lose, you know, that kind of thing. But I have a tough time not giving McDermott the benefit of the doubt in almost every way, conceivable way, when it comes to his defense. You know, like, I'm not one for the narrative stuff about, like, rallying around him. You know, I have friends who feel like Tyler Dunn deserved a ring if the Bills had won the Super Bowl. I mean, give Kadarius Toney one for being offside on a play that, probably beats the Bills to go to 6-7 and right after all that. It just, like, it it doesn't really matter to me, impress me, mean anything to me that they didn't quit. Most teams don't quit. It's a story when a team quits. They have Allen. They have good players. They got the Cowboys. The Cowboys rolled over. They squeezed out wins against the Chargers and the Patriots. They had a ravaged Dolphins team, and they were down 14-7 to in the fourth quarter, got that win. It's all to their credit. But it was just for me, like, of course you keep going. But where is the sort of the knockout punch that offensively that the Bills, you know, kind of just, you knew them for that. They were going to blow you away. Not that they should have blown Kansas City away, but it worried me for them that they were not better in some of those wins. So where what what's the next point? <laughs> like, I, I just think, you know, For the future, you can keep going. That's what they're going to do. But questions about McDermott and what's happened in the playoffs and in a lot of these close game losses will linger. They remain. There was a ride this year with all kinds of different conversations about them and him. In the end, like – was a close loss, and you ask yourself, despite their injuries, if they could have been smarter at the end of the game, you know, just like the little things. I don't think that this game against Kansas City was loaded with that stuff. I mean, even my stuff here about what they should have done differently in the last two minutes is easily you know debated. It's not like mm-hmm. everybody thinks that. it's not as it's not thirteen seconds it's not cut
6: and dried at all, you know
5: right right so um I just try it again and hopefully McDermott and the Bills for my taste are more aggressive, are a little sharper when it comes to this stuff because it can ma- it can make all the difference.
6: They got to get the offense back to what it's been. With this quarterback to not be able to be potent passing the ball by the time the season ended. And like I know, like there's <laughs> I say that and I'm I'm also in the back of my head going like yeah, okay, Diggs, make a catch. Trent Shurfield, why are you here? Somebody catch the ball. Like, for as unexplosive as they were, there were three opportunities for massive explosive plays that the quarterback put right but close enough to on the money that, you know, you should, just one of them. And and a lot of this stuff is tipped on its head, even. Uh, it doesn't erase the way they got there, but this result, this game, it's, it's a very different game. Yeah, it's also a very different game if Nicole Hardman doesn't fumble with the half yard line and you know I'm gonna end up I'm gonna I'm turning yep. myself into a pretzel. No one's you, making me do it. I'm doing it to myself. You made that play though, right? The Hardman play.
5: Poyer made that play. Yep. So it's a weird guy to give the ball to for the Chiefs. Sure. I, I'm at I, I hear you, the pretzel. Like I'm there right now. I just <laughs> it's been it's it's several years in a row where like, you know, this isn't surprising. Your team loses. We're talking about all the different explanation, possible explanations for it. What should, Who should be changed out? What should be different? And the McDermott stuff has been just so... It has been discussed to an incredible degree. I mean, it's just been... I'm just kind of like fried a little bit right now. I'm feeling a little bit fried. <laughs> and it's escalated because... There were these criticisms three years ago, and then two, and then one, and now again. And I guess I'm not completely uh, organized yet as to how I want to consider Sunday with the 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 body of work, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was just not a game. Like even my weeks long take about how their run style of offense probably will get them beat at some point. A, it's not that much to say because only one team wins. I mean, it's not that much to predict a team will not win a Super Bowl or something because you're probably going to be right no matter who you say that about. And B, it, it makes sense in a certain way for what they were passing-wise, you know, with Diggs' decline and Davis and then Davis getting hurt besides. So it's not even really clear to me just how much at fault they would be mm-hmm. for that. And they were winning every week anyway, which, you know, all, all that meant to me was, well, they're going to keep doing it. And they did, you know, right up until the end. They were not great running the ball, but they really were committed to it. And that was just Joe Brady immediately turning to Cook. And I think I wanted to talk, bring this up later, but it's up now. Uh, Cook, I'd it, it, like to know how pleased they were with him. I wonder what like his status is going into next year James Cook. Like do they want the same season from him? He was fourth in the league in rushing. Like he re- the volume was there, he stayed healthy. He was a little bit unreliable, you yeah, know, as a receiver. Dro-
6: dro- there were there were yeah, there, there were multiple drops of passes that would have gone for scores even again on Sunday. That's right. That's so right. So they they probably don't love that. Um but no, I I I mean, I think they'll probably find a compliment if, they, if if Ty Johnson, I think he'll be maybe in the mix. He's a free agent, so he can go wherever he wants if they don't, if they're not aggressive to keep him here.
2: Um, so I think they'll be looking for some of what they have. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. After the
6: end of a good fight, you deserve a nice cold reward. Medalla is the mark of a fighter. had behind cook but cook to me is unassailably their number one running back going into next year i don't i wouldn't have any question about that i'd be stunned (laughs) if they had any question about
5: that (laughs) this is this is familiar too because last year we had that conversation a number of times i like david harris a lot but injuries were his thing he got hurt but that's not really why he wasn't ahead of cook he started behind cook really just then he got hurt never got back right UFA, by the way, if Harris decides to continue to play. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, looking for your calls at 803-0550. Niagara basketball follows us tonight at seven. This is WGR. Welcome to the weekend. Mike Schopen the Bulldog. Can I say that? For me, the weekend starts at ten in the morning on Thursday. Giddy up. In in a in a certain sense, I have a generator that Sort of runs a test for like 15 minutes every Thursday morning, like 10 o'clock. And that's your sign that the weekend. Is oh, here? as soon as I hear that roar of the
6: generator, I'm like let's we're there, we're there. Similarly, Thursday morning is garbage pickup day in my neighborhood, and so early in the morning I hear the garbage truck, and I like, okay, it's Thursday. Pretty close, it's almost the weekend. Yeah, kind of the same. Although it's not quite for me. Like I don't know. I'm I'm a long ways from. Uh, being the age where Thursday was like the starting shoot of the weekend because Thursday was a that was a that was a night Thursday night Thursday was like okay let's get ready here we go Thursday night 3 a.m. continental Thursday night Friday night Saturday night Sunday night old pink that was the schedule
5: three continentals three continentals in a row and then old pink yep Hmm. why don't you try that I know we don't have Continental, but you yeah. could pick a different place and see if you can push that uh, through.
6: I would Starting uh, tonight. I would uh, die, I think is what would happen. You wouldn't die. Yeah. But you wouldn't love it.
5: No. No. No.
6: <laughs> Definitely
5: not. You certainly seem to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Devin next. Hello, Devin.
8: Hi, how are you guys doing today?
5: Good, man.
6: Thanks for calling.
8: But I would just like to talk about just how we just absolutely need to find another playmaker on the offense. And I know it might sound crazy with us drafting Kincaid and uh, Cook becoming the running back that he became this year. But um, without Gabe Davis against the Chiefs, like these guys just not get open at all. And it's just embarrassing when you got you know you got a receiver like Diggs. You know Dig shows up. You know recently you know he had a little bit of ups and downs lately. But we have nobody. We have nobody that gets open. Yeah, I, I
6: I Yeah, I don't think the premise like you, you said it might sound crazy. I don't think I think what sound would sound crazy is if the Bills in in some alternative universe thought they were all set at skill positions, especially receiver. Like I, I don't I don't need them to do anything really remarkable at running back or tight end for that matter. But receiver is gonna require a talent influx. Uh, that we haven't seen them, you know, undertake here in in a long time. They need help desperately. There.
8: I mean, I just I don't like us not making any moves. You know, in this past uh, off season, the, the previous off season, you know, for a receiver, mm-hmm. and just we, we have to do it. If we don't do it, we're we're not going to be able to compete with these teams. There's teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, you know the. Um, Miami Dolphins that, you know, they have two number one receivers on their team that, you know, are, are each year producing. And it's just, I just can't, I can't stand it. It's just, it's so aggravating every year in and year out, you know. Stephon Diggs, he's an amazing receiver. He's a great talent, but, you know, he he's not the type of receiver that can just, you know, he's not a Julio Jones where he can be the number one receiver, you know, probably the only great receiver on the team, you know, and carry a team. By yourself as the receiver, as the leading receiver, and just you know, I love Diggs, amazing talent, top receiver, great route runner. But Diggs doesn't have this pair of hands, and I'm not even talking about the catch he dropped against the Chiefs. He just doesn't have the elite set of hands that we need for a guy like Josh Allen who's throwing them, you know, across yeah. the field.
5: Thanks, Devin. Well, we can talk some more about this, but how they get there? Because as many of us and you over the last couple of off seasons have talked about receiver talent and depth. It just seems like now it's even more true how the bills will be needing that. And they have $43 million dollars approximately of cap space. So how do they address what seems like an obvious uh, area of need? I mean, the draft is the first answer, but I wonder if that'll be enough. I mean, just throw a first-round rookie in there and your problems are solved. I don't know. Eight oh three oh five fifty for your thoughts. And when does the weekend start? Has it started for you? Or will it start in five minutes? Nine to five on Friday. Then it's, you know, the the whistle goes and... <laughs>
6: five o'clock whistle. Yeah.
5: Out the door. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here. Thanks for listening. This is WGR.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news...